no longer in apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to the 100th episode of 125 Unfiltered. I am so excited to bring you guys this one. I can't believe that we have made it this far. I always say, uh, you know, if you've listened to just one or all of my episodes, I really appreciate it. But I'm so happy to say that I'm not alone for the 100th episode of 125 Unfiltered. I brought in the homie, the day one, the one who has actually helped craft the name of this podcast, the one only Bryn Brousseau. Bryn, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Super excited to be here. Uh, definitely, I've been along since the very beginning, um, and it's just super awesome to see where you've been able to take this podcast. So yeah, super stoked to be here. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. No, I think it's so funny because, uh, and this is kind of what we'll start with, but when I first met you, if, for reference, guys, met Bryn, uh, freshman year of Chapel Hill, one of the first people I probably met, but when we first kind of talked about like, oh, I might do a podcast. Uh, it was like, it was before we got like kicked off camps and we were talking about the names and everything of how to craft it. And the fact that it went from that one small little conversation to an, just making it this far where I'm almost two years into this thing, it's, it's pretty crazy. And you were one of the ones that are at the very start of it. Yeah, it's been super fun to uh, just be along for the entire ride. Uh, you know, I knew I had to be friends with Joshua after playing uh, Ultimate Frisbee with him. So it's really fun to have seen the podcast get started in an apartment and, you know, go from there. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we got to talk about. So the fans know how for the 100th episode special, how did the name come about? So we and this is what we got to figure out. And I think we've confirmed it, but. You came up with one half of the name. I came up with the other half. Tell the audience which part you came up with or what you think you came up with. Because I think we we both know. I think so. But, you know, honestly, it feels like forever ago. So um, I think that my part of the name actually is the 125. Um, so Joshua and I moved into an apartment together, I guess, two years ago now, um, after only having met maybe twice. Um, and, you know, Definitely just super respected the work he was doing over at the J School. It was really cool to get to hear about everything he was doing. And he was uh, kind of throwing out ideas for his podcast names. Um, and he had this idea of being unfiltered. And I really liked that. But like, what would be unfiltered? Was it going to be Joshua unfiltered? You know, like sports unfiltered? There's a lot out there. Um, and we were all just kind of sitting around. And uh, 125 got brought up since I was the name of our apartment um, that we lived in. And it kind of stuck. So yeah, 125 unfiltered. Um, so yeah, super excited to have been able to suggest that. But yeah. Yeah, it's so funny because it just like rolled off the tongue well. And like, I was thinking of like, okay, how can we make this better? But then I was like, wait a minute this is already like good. Like this has to stick. Cause yeah, I mean, COVID obviously was a tough time for everyone. And the fact that it originated in that apartment 125 and then, yeah, being, being unfiltered, you know, that's something I'm always going to be when it comes to sports. I want to be honest. I want to say my takes and I'm obviously going to be a super fan and I'm going to, you know, be a little biased towards my team, but I'm going to say it how it is. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Uh, we're going to look at things and analyze games, uh, how they're meant to be analyzed and, you know, with facts and, and evidence and all that. So it's so funny how it all came about and it, and it coincided with like a project for a journalism class. And then the logo, everything just kind of came together. And I actually remember November 13th, the first day that I, I did my little intro episode. Uh, but here we are. So I'd say thank, thanks to you, Bryn, for helping with the name, because it's been quite a journey. Uh, I have to say it's super cool getting 100 episodes down and many more but let's get into 
the main subject for today because UNC women's soccer just continues shutting out opponents. They beat UNCW today 2-0 to zero for what was a pretty rainy, slippery day. Uh, it, we were both out there the entire time. It was it was raining a little bit on us in the first half. Uh, you know, it was cold. It reminded me of a, a nice November day, even though it's August. Um, so before we get to the game, just, I mean, what were, what were you thinking when we were sitting out there in the rain? Because I was like, oh my goodness, it is freezing. Yeah. Um, so I had actually uh, sent a few texts to Joshua before the game, um, kind of asking him uh, what the call on the weather was. I, I know sometimes he gets the inside scoop uh, being as connected as he is to the women's soccer team. Um, and it seemed like the game was still going to be on, uh, despite the fact that there were some thunderstorms definitely on the radar. Um, so even despite that, I'm really um, just impressed with like the team's level of preparedness going into that game. Those conditions are always difficult to play in, and it takes um, just kind of a, kind of an awareness of where the ball is going to be and movement off the ball, especially I think in rain. That I was really um, just impressed with where the team was. So. Yeah. And everyone loves a good rain game. I mean, we both played soccer back in the day, back in the day, you know, when we were high school superstars or whatever, but yeah, rain games are fun. And it was kind of fun being out there as a fan, but um, what was really fun for the Tar Heels was uh, the 34th minute to start off the scoring Ali Sentnor returning from the U20 youth national team from their world cup. They got bounced in the group stage, but she was back, came off the bench and she scored a goal uh, off the left foot, just inside the box, deflected off a defender and scoring her first career Tar Heel, Tar Heel goal. Now, UNC actually outshot the Seahawks 23-2 to on shots, 11-1 to in shots on goal. The UNCW shot on goal. That came with like 15 seconds left, so pretty much an offensive game com- completely for UNC. And then to get a little security blanket, Emily Murphy uh, with a great cross from Emily Moxley. You've got a little Emily-to-Emily connection. She knocked in a header in the 74th minute to make it 2-0. And that secured the win that is now 12 to zero in goal differential for the first four games of the season. But looking at today's offensive performance, a lot of chances, uh, maybe a few chances that could have gone in. But what, what was your kind of view on how we were offensively today? Um, I was really impressed with our offensive efforts over the course of the game. Um, obviously, we were up against a pretty strong defensive effort. Um, I believe they were playing five in the back, which is always tough to def- or to like play against um you know just in terms of having numbers up um but even with that i think our movement off the ball in the like offensive third was really impressive um and the times that we did uh lose possession of the ball i was especially impressed with our ability to regain and just go in for smart tackles to get that back so i would say we kept it um in the offensive half for the majority of the game and just overall really excited to see where that leads to the rest of the season yeah, I'm totally with you there because the the midfield did a really good job good job uh ball with ball control. Uh the ability to win the ball back, get 50-50 balls to stay on the attack. I mean, I don't know what our possession numbers were, but we had possession a lot this game and it just was kind of target practice a little bit. Uh but yeah, you really do have to credit that midfield. I mean, you got players uh in the midfield, like Emily Colton, you know, she's getting in on 50 50s, even your wingers, uh, like Avery Patterson, Sam Meza, she is everywhere, always gaining extra chances. And that's been a big difference. The first four games of the season, I think is that offensive pressure. They are really pushing that back line up to midfield 
the the midfielders, their center mids, uh, they're like outside the box or a little farther back to keep attacking. And it just seemed like eventually after Sentinel's goal in the second half that we were just going to break through uh, and credit UNCW for holding strong. But uh, the amount of chances we had, I really, really liked. Yeah, me too. I think um, it honestly just goes to show like how much the work that they've been doing in the offseason is paying off. Um, I think to Anson's credit, uh, they've been working a lot on conditioning and um, speed and agility. And I think that really is showing in our midfield. Um, I think just the way that we've been going into tackles this entire season and regaining possession of the ball has been really impressive to watch. They're all really smart moves. I haven't seen us uh, jump into too many balls and um, just the like way we're playing. Our possession is smart. It's fun to watch. And I'm really excited um, to see where that goes, especially with our upcoming games. Um, with UCLA and you know some higher ranked opponents yeah because I mean I mean let's be real for the guys that were at the game uh for all the fans there UNCW was was playing very defensive like you said it seemed like I mean they were playing five at the back it looked like but yeah maybe even six seven with how far their center mids were back so it's a double-edged sword because it's really tough to capitalize on chances through the middle that's why we saw a lot of crosses today that was the way to go you got to attack from the outside and whip a ball in and hope you get some numbers that's how the second goal actually happened because uh, we had a cross that kind of bounced back out, but then Moxley sent a, a great ball into Murphy uh, following up on your sec on your crosses, second chances, third chances. Uh, that's the way to go for a game like that because uh, they were really caving in the middle. It was hard to get any sort of penetration, any through balls uh, up the middle. Uh, so I think uh, on one end you could be like, well, they just cross the ball a lot, but that's, that's the, that was the strategy for this game. And that is like par partly their bread and butter, but uh, you have to take what the defense gives you. And I think they did a good job of that. And, and there were a couple chances that uh, I mean, we got a little unlucky Sam Meza. She hit the crossbar and the post on very good shots from outside the box that easily could have been three, four to zero. Uh but yeah, I, I'm totally with you with how they're playing offensively combined with uh, how they just regain possession so fast. Uh, now, a thing we noticed today, actually, um, now as we transition to the defense, uh, no Macy Bell today. She was sidelined. She was wearing a brace, uh, a leg brace, that is. Uh, and I saw on Twitter that the, that the injury was not serious, but they just held her out for today's game for precautionary reasons, but no Macy Bell, no problem. Uh, talk about how you think the defense was as there, there was even a freshman in there uh, taking Macy's spot at center back. Yeah, I have to say, I've really liked the way our defensive line has looked so far. I know we're not too far into the season, so it's a little bit hard to tell. Um, but I really liked where our center backs have been playing um, and just some of the uh, runs our wings have been making as well. We know Julia Dorsey really likes to push up and really likes that wing run. Um, and she's looked great on some of those. But I also really want to uh, mention Tori Hansen. I think um, just the way she played in this game and the way she played in the past game against Tennessee, um, I think this is going to be her season, to be honest with you. I think um, she's doing a great job showcasing both her defensive and offensive talents. Um, and, you know, I think she's just been in the right place at the right time. She's been um, just going in for tackles, playing really smart and, you know, keeping the ball where it needs to be for us. So. Yeah, to, I mean, Hanson has been it really impressed me, to be honest. But with how the back line is like really taking control, I, I mean, Tessa Della Rose, I've talked about her a bit on this podcast. I think she does a great job being attack minded. She had a shot on goal today, uh, but it just seems like all three levels are playing together. I think that's really important. They're playing out of the back smart. The passing has been so good for the first four games. Um, 
So, uh, and also we got to shout out the, the freshman center back, Kaylee, her just pulled up the roster. She did pretty good for her first game. Uh, but overall, I mean, not giving up a single goal for this defense. Hanson has a large part in that she's tall. She's fast, uh, very good in the air with getting headers and everything. Um, so, yeah, but I think the big name that we have to talk about as we kind of transition to some individual standouts uh, has to be Ali Sentinor. I mean, her journey is just incredible. So for seeing her on the first time, seeing her for the first time in Dorrance Stadium, I mean, how cool was that? It was really amazing. First of all, her goal, obviously, was just a beautiful shot. It was, it was really exciting to watch. And I think as soon as she made contact, you knew that was going to the back of the net. So um, that was a really fantastic goal and a really great assist by Emily Loxley, like you mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, it was really fun to watch. I know um, our U20 team didn't get the result that we were hoping for on all the games, but I think she had a really good showing there too. Um, if I remember, I believe she scored in one of the goal, uh, games. So yeah, really excited to have her on Doran's field. And you can see just how excited the team is to have her back. I think as soon as she was subbed off, uh, she got a big hug from Anson and a few other players. So she's definitely just bringing an energy that I think will be contagious and will be carried through the rest of the season. Yeah, and when she came on, it seemed like she kind of energized that offense a little bit. I mean, we we couldn't really get through uh, for the first 20, 25 minutes when she was on the bench. But once she came on, I mean, it's it's clear as day. Her footwork is phenomenal. She's fast, uh, makes really smart runs and passes, and she can shoot. This is like a generational player. She was the number one rated player in her class. And like I said, her story is just absolutely like inspirational. She tore her ACL. 15 minutes into her first exhibition match as a Tar Heel. And from what I read, she never got injured before, before that. And that's really tough to come back from and to score in your debut for this season coming off of an ACL injury. It's, it's almost poetic the way it went down. So I'm so happy for her and trust me, Tar Heel fans. You're, this is not the first goal you're going to see from her. Uh, She's, she's arriving on the scene and she's going to do some more damage for Carolina. For sure. I don't think, you know, any fan has enough good things to say about her. Um, like you mentioned, I think just her awareness on the ball is um, really amazing to watch. And definitely, like you said, generational kind of talent. Um, that's the kind of thing that you're excited to be at Carolina at the same time she is to be able to watch. Um, so, yeah, really, really excited for her the rest of the season and just impressed with all the work she's put in to come back and uh, be as strong as she was today. Definitely. Yeah. Now there were some other standouts that we definitely have talked about. Uh, Give me a couple of other players that uh, you think really uh, stood out today in your eyes. I mean, after mentioning the midfield, I feel like it would be wrong um, to go without mentioning Sam Meza, but just what she's able to do with the ball through the midfield. And honestly, the play she's able to run through the midfield. Um, I think just fans love to watch it. It's clear whenever she gets on the ball that everyone's excited to see what she does for it. Um, she's an unpredictable player, but um, the way she's able to play through the midfield um, and get balls to feet and just some of her crosses as well are really, really smart and just great soccer. Um, but I also wanted to give a shout out to Emmy Allen. Um, she started a few times for us. Um, it's always difficult. I think she, she's a red shirt freshman this year, so um, not a ton of minutes Um her but I think she's bringing a level of stability um, in the backfield that is pretty rare for um, a lot of freshman goalkeepers especially to replace um, someone with such a big personality as Claudia Dickey had Um, so I'm really excited to see what she does uh, especially over the course of her next few years at Carolina so yeah excited to keep an eye on her 
Well, we have a goalie decision from Bryn Brousseau here because they're they're switching the same thing that Emmy Allen first half. They had Mars Josephson in the second half. Not much action for either of them. But yeah, I'm really intrigued to see what Dorrance does with this decision because this is this is not like choosing your forward that you can kind of flip around and just see game by game. This if you choose a goal, you want to stick with it. It's kind of like a quarterback. Uh, you don't want to take him out for any reason. And I, I respect that Dorrance is taking his time with this with this decision uh, because it's a big one. And we haven't really seen the goalies get tested all that much. I think the Tennessee game was the game they got tested the most, but I'm really intrigued to see how that plays out, especially with three away games coming up. Let's see how they respond on the road. Um, now I want to give my special shout out for a standout to Emily Murphy, because obviously she scored a goal, but I think this was so huge for her confidence because I've kind of noticed the past few games. She, she, you can see in her eyes, she's a score. She wants to score. She's had a couple chances, hasn't converted. And um, she, she's, she definitely wears her heart on her sleeve. And I respect that so much, but seeing her just get that goal in and she was calm, cool, collected, made a great run at the back post. Uh, I think that could really flip the switch for a player who erupted at the start of last season and to have a striker and a forward like that come off the bench and be able to be a reliable goal scorer with the second unit. I think that's so valuable, but uh, from a personal standpoint, I, I think Murphy, uh, she needed that really bad because I, I she needed a goal in the back of the net to kind of get some of her swagger back. Yeah, I was super excited to see that for her. Um, it was a perfect Murphy goal as well. It was exactly the kind of goal you'd expect from her. Um, and I have to say, I think with this game, um, I was impressed with uh, just despite like how many defenders they had back there, how much we were able to uh, make sure we stayed on side. Um, I think we only had like a few offsides, I think like three, four in that range um, that I remember. And I think for a team that sometimes struggles with that just because of um, our field positioning, um, I'm excited to watch that number keep going down and start turning those into um, some more chances uh, to get some shots on goal. So yeah, what an amazing goal by Murphy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we were questioning like, was she off? Was she not? But she, she just timed it so well. Uh, so obviously we're two and oh, in the season, let's look at the season holistically. We've had uh, two exhibitions, two regular seasons. Actually, we've, we've played two ranked opponents, uh, shut them out. What has been kind of the big theme for you viewing this team in the first four games? Because we've gotten a great look, uh, especially with Tennessee and BYU, because this is a team that's really trying to bounce back from a rough season last year. Again, they didn't make the ACC tournament for the first time in program history, and they shockingly lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament to South Carolina when they were the two seed in their region. So uh, what have you just noticed from a change in just uh, just body language or play or just because I think they're playing fantastic? Yeah, I'm super stoked for this season. Um, like you mentioned, I think it was a heartbreaking end to the season last year and uh, not really anything we expected, especially with the level of talent on our team. Um, but I think the pieces are coming together um, this season. I think more than anything, um, I want to say it's an attitude shift. I think um, coming into the season, there was so much excitement for a lot of our young talent, um, which is rare. It's exciting to see as much talent we have in our first, like, uh, freshman, sophomore classes as we do. Um, and that's the kind of talent that is going to help make this team not just good this season, but uh, several seasons from now. So um, I think just the attitude, I think everyone's excited to play and um, there's that competitive competitiveness to be out on the field um, that I'm excited to see what that leads to. 
Yeah, like from first to second unit, I haven't really noticed a change in energy at all. Like maybe the play won't be as good or or it'll get better. I mean, the, the goal today came when the second unit was out in the first half. But yeah, they're they're all really they're they're winning a lot of 50-50 balls. And that's a great decider of who wants it more. And to start the season, especially today with uh an opponent who's kind of parking the bus defensively, uh, there can always be a lapse in just in in your mind or when you're on the field and you just have a massive mistake and they get a counterattack goal there was no counterattack today that's the type of team that can really get you for for a 2v2 or a 1v1 uh and and this team just didn't allow it they were constantly on the attack and i, I think that's been the most impressive thing for me because we know that they're going to make a lot of crosses we know that their passing is going to be spectacular but just the fact that when they lose the ball they get it back the other team doesn't give it to them they get it back and I think that is huge, uh, especially when we get into ACC play. I'm so excited to to see them continue to do that because they really put the pressure on other teams. Uh, and we haven't really seen other teams do that to us. So I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, I think we've really cut back on unforced errors uh, this season. Um, and I think um, after watching a bunch of the games last season, um, I think a common theme was just kind of like playing to whatever level our opponent was playing at. Um, and I think that's tough to watch, especially just knowing how talented our team is um, and can be. And I haven't seen that at all this season. And I've been really impressed with that. I think our team looked the exact same today as they did against Tennessee. Um, and I think that's a really exciting sign. I think that just goes to show that we're here to play um, and the players are really, really excited for this season. Um, so, yeah. All right, Brent, I got a couple questions to put you on the spot here. Things that it made that I had you not prepared for. So this is a gut instinct for you right here. Give me one X factor for the next few games of the season. We've definitely had a few, but someone who you think is really going to be a difference maker to keep us undefeated. Um, I have to say I'm going to go with Sam Meza. I know that's a pretty popular choice and, uh, you know, not one I'm going to get a lot of controversy over, but her control of the midfield is impressive. And something I've really noticed with her uh, these past few games is um, how she's going for repossessions. Um, she is there to help any of her teammates. Um, and instead of leaving them on their own to jump in um, for something not as smart, she'll go um, and to give them a man up. Uh, so just our chances of winning the ball are so much higher with her in the midfield. Um, and I'm really impressed with every single header she goes into and every single 50-50 ball she goes into. Uh, we know she may not be the tallest player on the field, but she plays with more heart than anyone out there. So I'm really excited to see her. And I think the crazy thing is we think she's playing so well, but she hasn't scored yet. She's has two assists, but she, she obviously got very close today and she knew it. Now for the second part, give me a sleeper player who maybe is coming off the bench, who maybe is getting minutes, but just isn't in the right place at the right time, or even a starter uh, that has, has yet to kind of have like a big game. Give me that one sleeper player that could just pop up onto the scene. We're like, whoa, this player's good. So someone we saw in the second half that um, I haven't seen a ton of is Ruby Grant. Um, I was really impressed with how she played uh, up in the upper midfield kind of forward area. Um, and I think just the way our team is playing, I think everyone really wants to be there. But from her, I saw like this special kind of spark, that kind of desire that I want to be the one to put the ball in the back of the goal. Um, and I think that's a really exciting thing to see. Um, and I don't think we're anywhere close to being done with her. Um, I think her story is just getting started this season. So excited to see uh, where that goes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, I'm going to have to throw my own player in there. Uh, I'm actually going to go 
with Emily Colton for someone who maybe is flying a little bit under the radar because I think she's playing really well right now. She just hasn't necessarily had the scoring chances. She's not fully on the attack. You know, that's Sam's job right now. But I think Emily Colton is due for a big game soon. And because she she was really good in the middle part of last season uh, and she's a scoring threat. And I I think she just hasn't actually had the chances yet, but um, and maybe that's due to a, a role shift where she she is playing a little more defensive. You know, Sam's up on attack. Libby Moore is also kind of a little defensive. They are 4-3-3, but I don't know where the midfielders are necessarily. But I totally think Colton is a player uh, who can make some big waves. And also another player that I really want to see more from, and who knows how it was today because she did tweak her ankle or her leg a little bit, but Isabel Cox at striker, uh, she – this. This is a very skilled player, good footwork. She's tall. She's fast. She can win headers. Um, I I also want to see more from her because she had a huge game last season against Florida State, scored two goals. Uh, and we know what she's capable of at the striker position. So from a center per- forward perspective, I would like to see more from her because we know how good she is when she's on. Yeah, and I think at the game today, Joshua and I were kind of talking, uh, we were watching some substitutions being made, and uh, Murphy staying at center forward uh, when Isabel Cox came on, and, you know, some questions about that, uh, since we normally see her take that kind of center forward position, Um, but I have to say, I really liked the way she uh, handled her time on the right wing. Um, I think sometimes we struggle with that back post area. Um, Sometimes our crosses are fantastic, but there's just not someone on the back end of them to get it into the goal, so... Um, I'm excited to see her versatility as a player this season. Um, I think she's someone who is just talented regardless of where she plays. Um, so I'm excited to see her uh, go with a little bit more confidence into the season after having a really good season under her belt last year um, and seeing where she takes that. Yeah, I think that's the coolest part about this team with how much talent they have. Uh, and I've talked about the need for a go-to goal score, but it can be a different player every night. Every game, it can be someone different. And I think that's what's so great about these girls is that they all rise up to the occasion when it, when it's their terms, their turn. So on against Tennessee, you know, it's someone like Tori Hansen and Allie Gambone, players you don't store, score often is Gambone's first goal. They rise up to the occasion. Before that against BYU, it was Tori Della Peruta. Every Patterson scored almost every game. She didn't score today, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, I would look at Patterson as that go-to goal scorer. Sentinor can probably become that. But these players are ready, and I think that's what's so fun is that um, – you and that what's, that's what makes this team so dangerous. It can be a different player each time. They have so many weapons. Uh, and now with Alice Sentner coming back, uh, and, uh, and Talia Della Pruda wasn't in the lineup today either. Uh, we noticed a small brace on her leg or some tape. Uh, not really sure what that was, but hopefully she can get back on the pitch soon so she can play with her sister. That's going to be fun to see. Uh, but so many weapons on this team, and I'm sure uh, not only will their ranking go up for sure, uh, but when it comes down to ACC play, this team's going to be ready to go to battle. Yeah, I'm super excited to see uh, the rest of the season. And You know, I think like you mentioned, just the team plays with so much heart. And I think it's amazing to see some of the really cool stories that we uh, are going to see this season. Uh, Like you mentioned, we have the two sisters. I mean, um, they're I'm so excited to watch them both be able to play on the field. Um, I think something that's not unique to Carolina soccer, but honestly, to all Carolina athletics is um, they're all really family oriented. Um, And I think that that's something that the soccer team especially focuses on. And I'm excited to see that kind of energy um, be carried into our games. You think Coach Dorrance is going to put the two sisters on the same side? 
I'm hoping so. That's something that I think all fans want to see, um, especially after seeing some of their locker room shenanigans. Um, so yeah, really excited to see those two um, in action. I think just that sort of sibling bond is really special and excited to see that this season. Yeah, well, all good things for UNC soccer so far. They beat UNCW 2-0 to zero today. A uh, pretty dominant performance, just a good offensive game. Uh, putting a couple in the back of the net, but that's really going to do it for today. Brent, anything else you would like to add about the team, about the game today? Uh, just anything with uh, UNC women's soccer. Um, I just want to say how excited I am to watch the rest of the season. I've probably used the word excited more times than I can count on this podcast, but I think it's how all fans are feeling. Uh, like I said, you know, last season left us with a few uh, wishes and uh, I think we're really going to capitalize on all of our chances this season. Um, I think our players are incredibly versatile. I think they've had a lot of fun in the off season uh, abroad and just playing in some leagues here too. So I'm so stoked to see where it takes us this year. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And one place this team has taken us is Durham because we're invading Duke. We're going in there. We're going to show them who, what's up. Uh, remind them a little bit of uh, who's the, the big man in the triangle. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's or not today's. Why am I going to be routine with it for the 100th episode? Of 125 unfiltered. It's actually crazy, guys, that I have made it this far. There have been a couple instances where I've had to take breaks or I just haven't had the time to keep up with it. And I was wondering, am I gonna have to am I really gonna have to shut this thing down? Is this a project that I'm gonna have to stop working on? And over the summer, I really found the passion for it again for talking about sports. Cause originally, guys, I created this podcast because I didn't want to annoy my friends talking about sports all the time. And what a perfect platform to do it on is a podcast. So if you're interested in just talking about sports, the the camera, the computer, it can be your audience. You just have to envision it. Uh, so definitely I would encourage to get into it. Um, Bryn, I appreciate the support from day one. Thank you so much for coming on to this episode. This meant so much to me to have the create uh, the partial creator of the 125 unfiltered name uh, to come on. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, don't know how much credit I can take, but I uh, did just want to give a shout out to Joshua for all the work he's put in um, after like seeing him create the podcast to how much time he spends recording it and just all the games he's willing to go to and all the like time hard sweat tears he puts into this thing. Um, it's just clear like how much this podcast means to him um, and how much sports mean to Joshua. So it's really amazing to see someone with that level of dedication. And so thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for that, Brian. That means so much. Uh, but the journey does not stop here because, as you know, we've got our fantasy football draft coming up in about a week or so. And I got to really step up my game because after all the talk from my last episode, I got to back it up. So, again, this is not the end. This is just a pit stop, a little celebratory episode. So stay tuned for what's to come on 125 Unfiltered. So from Bryn and myself, thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.